And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Attention, people of Earth. Do not resist us. All who oppose us shall be annihilated. We command the most powerful army of monsters in the universe. They are sure to defeat your Earth monsters. All those who are hearing this are now under the control of the Earth Destruction Directive. 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome to Earth Destruction Directive. I am your host, Mr. Luke Giaconetti. I'd like to thank everyone for downloading and listening to the show today. Um, well, you know, uh, it's a these are strange times we live in, and it's strange times that we're podcasting in. So, uh, due to the nature of the show, the last couple of episodes, I've had a lot of guests. I've been off format from my normal format, and I have not had an opportunity to do any of our uh, listener feedback. So, I wanted to take some opportunity. We've got some great emails here, and I wanted just to go through all the listener feedback and get caught up. I didn't want anyone to be uh, feel like I was ignoring them or not, uh, not addressing their feedback, because I really do appreciate every bit of listener feedback. So... That's what we're going to do today. We're going to do uh, the Earth Destruction Directive Monstrous Mailbag, I think is what I might call this episode, just because it's it's only going to be mailbag stuff. Two quick pieces of news before we get started. As of this recording, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, which had been pushed to November, has now once again been pushed to May of 2021. As a result of this, which uh, honestly I'm not really surprised, a lot of movies have had their dates shipped because of the theaters being closed due to COVID-19. Due to that, one of the knock-on effects, besides that I'm not going to get to go uh, eat Thanksgiving dinner and then go watch Godzilla vs. Kong, is that my content for the rest of the year is going to change. I was originally planning to do a Road to Godzilla vs. Kong type of uh, series where we take a look at Godzilla 2014, Skull Island, uh, King of the Monsters, as well as the supporting comics and other media and have some guests on to talk about that. That's obviously going to change, probably push that, of course, to next year leading up to Godzilla vs. Kong instead. So this is going to be kind of, if I hadn't said this, it wouldn't have been very clear uh, or wouldn't have been obvious, I should say, because I don't really publish ahead of time what the content's going to be. But, you know, just giving you guys a peek behind the curtain. And so uh, it, it'll be seamless to, to y'all listening, but just so that you're aware. Um, the other bit of news is right before I, uh, I went to record this, we have gotten a little bit more information about the upcoming Marvel Ultraman comic book series, including the cover to issue one being done by, uh, Alex Ross. And, I, and obviously Ross's typical painted style, very cool cover. The little bit of information in the press release indicates that this is a version of Shin Hayata of the original Ultraman. So that is very cool. Very excited about this. Um, you know, it's funny. Every time I think I'm almost completely out of Marvel, they find some way to bring me back in. I never thought it would be Ultraman, but here we are. So more information as that comes about. Uh, comics have started shipping again. There was, a again, a COVID-19 related delay to new comics for a lot of publishers, including Marvel. Uh, but new comics have started shipping again, albeit uh, kind of dribbling out in fits and starts. So I'm not sure when exactly this is, is set for. I'm assuming sometime in the fall, uh, but uh, once I know more, you will know more, and I'm sure we'll talk about that series here on the show. So, uh, that having been said, let me get right into our first email, 
And our first email comes from Nathan Marchand over on the Monster Island Film Vault. And Nathan's email is entitled, Godzilla's Revenge on All Monsters Attack. Hey Luke, since you didn't get to listener feedback in your last episode of the decade, I would figured I'd toss you another email. This one has to do with the infamous Godzilla's Revenge, or um, All Monsters Attack. By the way, Jimmy and I did appreciate the shout-out on your episode, even though we're not working on Ichiro's, quote, fantasy monster island. See what I did there? I could see that. It's like, <laughs> de Rodan, de Rodan, boss. Although now I guess fantasy island's like a horror concept, right? It's not even a, uh, a, a fantasy concept anymore, so who knows? Uh, Nathan continues, I have a defense of the stock footage that I haven't heard anyone else say. I originally mentioned this on my previous podcast, Kaiju Vision Radio. First, I presume the film takes place in our world, not Toho's Showaverse, and that it is set in the year the film was released, 1969. If this is the case, Ichiro is a, quote, monster kid like all of us. The stock footage comes from what at the time were the three most recent Godzilla films, versus the sea monster, son of Godzilla, and destroy all monsters, which I assume Ichiro saw like a good fanboy. So, when he escapes into his fantasy world, he does what many of us did as kids when we played with our toys. Recreate the movies and or TV the toys came from, and then spin off into an original adventure. In other words, Ichiro relives his favorite moments from the most recent films, and then uses them as the building blocks for a new story to work out his anxieties. What do you think? Am I on to something, or just blowing atomic smoke rings and uh let me finish out the email and then i'll i'll get respond nathan just finishes i look forward to your next episode keep them stomping sincerely nathan marchand host and curator of the monster island film vault uh nathan that is a really thoughtful uh approach to the stuck footage in all monsters attack godzilla's revenge whatever you want to call it i have never thought of it that way but that's a really good way to think of it because clearly the film does take place in the real world I don't think there's really much question of that um, in that, you know, uh, there's no mention of monsters being real. We have a Godzilla toy that is seen in Ichiro's closet. Uh, it, it doesn't seem like this takes place in the same, for lack of a better term, universe that the um, that the, the Godzilla Showa films take place in, a loose universe though it may be. Um, so... I, I'm really down with that. I think that makes a lot of sense. That would be the ones that he was most familiar with, so those would be the ones that would inform his play. I've never seen this directly mentioned, you know, in, in a, a Honda reference, that this was what he was thinking with it or something like that, but I can totally buy that, rather than him flashing back to movies that uh, would have been released many years earlier that he might not remember, like King Kong vs. Godzilla or Godzilla or Mothra vs. Godzilla from 1964, that he would have been too young to necessarily have seen, given the, the age of Ichiro. So I'm on board with that. I think that makes sense. Uh, you know what? I, I keep seeing... It's funny that I covered All Monsters Attack when I did, because it seems that right around the time that I covered it, both before and after, there was a lot a lot of chatter about All Monsters Attack in the uh, on the, the kind of the Daikaiju online scene, mostly on Twitter, that's kind of sprung up over the last uh, last couple of years. And there's a lot of different takes on this movie, and a lot of people say, oh, it needs to be reevaluated. It, it, need, you know, it needs to be defended and all this. And it's like, look, I, I'm welcome any, um, you know, well thought out and reasonable film criticism. And I, I also welcome readings that maybe uh, I, you know, I, are not obvious, like the one you suggested here, or maybe ones that I simply hadn't thought of. 
So I, I'm glad that there's discussion around it. I Even in its Japanese form, I think All Monsters Attack, uh, it's still flawed. I do understand what Honda was going for. I do understand the the, uh, the gist of the film and the thrust of the film. It's just not one of my favorites, even though I do appreciate, you know, uh, intellectual, maybe not intellectual, but well-rationed and well-rationalized, well, ra- well that's what I'm trying to say, and well-reasoned uh, film discussion and criticism. So thank you very much, Nathan. Really appreciate that email. Uh, our next email is from Kirk Groenfeld, and uh, he was uh, disappointed in the Playmates toys. Uh, so was I, Kirk. No questions there. I still bought them all, so haven't opened them up. Uh, thank you for writing in, Quirk, uh, Kirk, and thank you for your patronage. Uh, our next email is from Chris Sanganet, and he writes, Johnny Sacco and his flying robot. And Chris writes, great shows, long-time listener. Loved the Marvel Godzilla coverage. Thank you. Appreciate that, Chris. That, that uh, series was a lot of fun to cover, and I'm glad now I see people reference Marvel Godzilla online and what that, and it makes me smile because I know that in some small way, very small way, I did raise some awareness about that series by covering it in the show, and it was a lot of fun to cover. Uh, Chris continues, never an Ultraman fan, but loved the Netflix anime. I yeah, breaking in. I've that is such a good show, isn't it? It really is. Really is such a good show. <laughs> Chris continues, looking forward to the new year with Godzilla vs. Kong. But you need to cover some Johnny Sacco and his flying robot. Also, maybe some uh, Kyoru Sentai Zoo Ranger. Also love the Space Wars episode sent from my phone. So um thank you, Chris. Thank you for writing in. Uh, you know, I want to cover Johnny Sacco, but I'm I'm halfway through Ultraman. I need to finish Ultraman before I cover uh Flying Robo, which is Johnny Sacco and his flying robot, let alone any of the other multitude of ultra series that are now sitting on my shelf thanks to Mill Creek. Um uh, they've just been done doing such a great job. And uh Ju uh, Ranger, I'm you know, I do really like Super Sentai. Absolutely, I'm a Super Sentai fan. Uh, kind of goes with, you know, Super Sentai is kind of like, to me, thematically speaking, is like the bridge between the Kyodai heroes like Ultraman and the Henshin heroes like Kamen Rider because it has a Henshin hero aspect and it has a giant mecha aspect, which is similar to the Kyodai hero, the giant monsters um, aspect. So, you know that, but that's one that, you know, Juranja is is... Any of the Super Sentai shows, it's such a it's such a deep well to jump into, and there's more to it than just Daikaiju. Whereas I try to really focus on Daikaiju here. That said, uh, one of my good friends in real life, uh, former guest on this show, Adam Tebow, is a huge Super Sentai fan, and uh, I'm sure I could probably finagle him into talking some Juranja um, with me. Uh, so maybe in the future we'll see what we can do about that. Maybe we'll cover, see if we can, as a, a guide episode, maybe cover some uh, some Super Sentai. Uh, some some old schools. Well, I say old schools, you know, some older Super Sentai. Thank you very much for your email, Chris. Our next email comes from Gene Gene, the podcasting machine, Gene Hendricks, my cohort over on Two True Freaks. And Gene's email is entitled Planet of the Twist Ending. And Gene writes, Luke, I have to say I was really looking forward to the animated Godzilla on Netflix, and I thought that the first one was really good. Yeah, the animation on the humanoids was a bit stiff. They looked more like action figures and people. But the tech and the monsters looked great. I also like the concept behind the story, with the Earth being made uninhabitable due to all of the giant monsters and humanity having to flee to the stars. Plus, like you said, I was very happy that the time dilation effect of traveling near light speed was not only included, but made part of the plot. Haro's wanting revenge on Godzilla also makes a lot of sense. 
and the fact that he's a really capable leader helps. I was really happy with the twist ending, and I think I actually said, oh, bleep. And uh, in Gene's, he actually does write out bleep, he, he, like like a Marvel comic with the, uh, the, the, the symbols. When the real Godzilla stood up, all in all, I was happy with the movie, and I think I need to give it a rewatch soon, Gene. Gene. First off, thank you very much for emailing in. You know, Gene uh, was uh, the host of the much-beloved show along with uh, Dr. Bill Robinson, Anime Freak. So anything anime-related, I always uh, am, am eager to get Gene's feedback on or Gene's opinion on. And the Netflix Godzilla anime trilogy is no exception. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do agree. The animation does work better, I think, for the technology and the monsters. But I, I grew to really like it for the people also because it was, to me, just a very stylized approach. It wasn't trying to be realistic. Um, you know, we've talked about it many times here, the idea of uh, a visual image from the East trying to be visually striking rather than realistic. And I think that may have been what they were going for there. It certainly stands out. Uh, you know, to compare with Chris's pre email about the Ultraman anime, they certainly don't look as fluid and lifelike as the characters on that, but they still, I, th I thought did a good job of it. And overall, I do like the animation style and that, that ending, ah, that's such a great, you know, even knowing it's coming, the, this, the amount of emotion and energy poured forth to, to fight Godzilla. And then the real Godzilla stands up. It's just, it gets me every time. I really do enjoy it. Um, you know, Gene and I have, we've known each other for a long time. We've talked back and forth about these and, uh, I was lucky enough to actually be a guest on Anime Freaks covering, um, uh, Space Battleship Yamato. I was going to say Star Blazers for a second. They were actually Space Battleship Yamato many years ago. So a uh, big shout out to uh, to Gene and Dr. Bill over on Anime Freaks. Hope at some point we can get some more of those. Hey, you never know. Stranger things have happened in the podcasting world, right? Uh, Gene, thank you very much for writing in. Really appreciate it. Our next email comes from Robert Ward. And Robert writes, Dear Luke, as an old school fan, I had a question that I hoped you'd be able to shed some light on. If you have talked about this series in the past, I apologize. What is your opinion on Zone Fighter, and how do you think it is viewed by the monster-loving fan base? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just read more of Robert's email, then I'll give, give some thoughts. Uh, Robert continues, I acquired it and forgot about it until I rediscovered it a couple weeks ago and sat down through it. I didn't like it. I thought the monster designs were terrible. I disliked how they used the big G in my boy King Ghidorah. Also, the dude wore a horrible blue and orange suit in an episode, and I have been able to erase that from my mind despite being tragically unhip myself. Am I the lone voice who finds it unpleasant? I also recently watched the Sky Rider season of Kamen Rider, which I'm torn on but leaning towards ambivalent to dislike. So it wouldn't surprise me to hear that I'm alone in my opinions on Zone Fighter. Thanks for the time, and sorry to bother you with such a question. I hope you are staying safe and sane. Wishing you the best, Robert. Robert, first off, thank you very much for emailing in. Always great to hear from you. I know you've been a listener of this show for a very long time. Always support me on social media, and it's very much appreciated. Secondly, as far as asking a question, don't ever apologize for asking a question. You know, I mean, I'm an engineer by trade. Sometimes everybody at the table is all thinking the same question, but nobody wants to ask what they think is an obvious or stupid question. And then something wrong is done and we don't find it till six months down the road. It's like, man, we should have asked that question. So don't ever apologize for asking a question, at least not to me. You know, I'll never, I mean, if somebody asks me a question, that's because they want help or they want an opinion. I'm more than happy to, to provide those. Now, as far as Zone Fighter, 
I don't think you're that far off base because I don't think a lot of people really like Zone Fighter, to be completely honest. I've, you know, the most people know, um, or most of the time, the most that people I hear talk about Zone Fighter is only kind of in the context that you gave, that Godzilla appears in it, that Kang Ghidorah appears in it, and that Gigan appears in it. I you know, I, most people really want Zone Fighter just for those episodes. I've seen several threads going back many years now on like Toku Nation and uh, some other older uh, Daikaiju message boards and stuff. Where can I get the Godzilla episodes of Zone Fighter? I think if Zone Fighter was more, was had more fans and was more well-liked and well-received, that Toho would have probably tried to revive him before now. I think Zone Fighter was... Kind of a product of the time. It's it's okay. What I've seen of it, I haven't seen the whole series, and, and we've never gotten an official release, and the, I, it doesn't look like they ever will, frankly. At least not, not where I'm standing right now in 2020. I stay standing, but I'm actually sitting. Uh, so, no, I don't think you're off at all. I, I, think, I think Zone Fighter is one of those odd novelties of the era that if it had not been for the presence of, you know, Godzilla, King Ghidorah, and Gigan... I don't think many people would remember it at all. It'd be a footnote. That's really the main thing that most people I've ever seen discuss with Zone Fighter is just the, the presence of the Godzilla series monsters. So I don't think you're off at all. And, you know, even if you are, that's your opinion. So, you know, if, if other people don't agree with you, that's fine. You had you came to your opinion honestly by watching the series. And you can't fault anybody for that. Now, Skyrider, I've never seen. And so I don't have much of an opinion on that one. I know that I've heard the gamut of opinions on that one. Showa writers are harder for people to, I shouldn't say harder. It's less common to see opinions on that. Whereas the Heisei writers, everybody's got an opinion because they're just so much more readily available. Uh, Sky writers, one of those ones where I think if you wanted to see it, you had to either get a Hong Kong import or something like that. I don't, it's been a number of years since I was really deep in the fan sub community. So I don't know if it's, Fan subbed, please write in and let me know if, if it's fan subbed. I'm sure somebody's screaming into their MP3 player right now, but I haven't watched it, so I can't really comment. Uh, but I generally like the Showa stuff, so I'm probably more prone. But you know what? Maybe I'll give it a maybe I'll give it a watch at some point, and uh, and we can compare notes and see how it goes. But thank you very much, Rob, uh, Robert, for writing in. Very much appreciate it. Our next email comes from longtime loyal emailer Jack Bond, and it's Hey, I can see my home from here. And Jack writes, great episode. And uh, he is talking about uh, the Jamila episode that I did with Professor Allen of Ultraman. And Jack writes, great episode. Like the Professor, I have no memory of seeing this episode, either on TV or in later nightmares. <laughs> Even for having been turned into a giant monster, that guy does not look well. He brings up something I had never considered about the series only being 39 episodes. I'd know I'd come across it in media res, as the kids say these days, and after the concluding episode was a setup episode, but I can't say if there were more after that or if it just finished up its eighth week, signed Jack. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those odd things because you think of a stripped show that is on every day in syndication normally needs to be 65 episodes, right? Because it's 13 weeks, five days a week. But at 39 episodes, it, it doesn't get you there so 
I, I don't know. I've, I I wish that I had been around at the time, but unfortunately I wasn't. I never got to see Ultraman on over-the-air television, so I don't know how it handled it. Whether they plugged it in with another show with, uh, like, Super Giants or, you know, something like that to, to fill in that strip, or whether they just did it on an eight-week cycle and, and refreshed it, or, or what. I, I really don't know, and... I have been unable to find it. The other aspect of this is due to it being, you know, syndicated. It may have been done differently in different markets. So I, if anyone out there has any information that they remember of, you know, after episode 39 of Ultraman aired when they was a kid, did episode one air the next day or did they air something else? If you know, please write in and let me know because obviously this is a topic that's near and dear to the hearts of Earth Destruction Directive listeners because none of us seem to know the answer. Jack, thank you very much uh, for writing in. And uh, uh, just uh, as an aside, kind of a preview of coming attractions, uh, you folks may have heard me do a guest spot over on my brother's show, Bots, Bugs, and Babes, my brother Jason, where we did the movie pitch game, Pitch Storm. And uh, we came up with some, some horror movies based on just random pitch ideas. And Jack wrote a great bit of feedback for that. So hopefully Jay and I will be able to cover that on a future episode of Bots, Bugs, and Babes. So Jack, thank you as always for your email and thank you for listening. Really appreciate it. Speaking of the host of Bots, Bugs, and Babes, our next email comes from my brother, Jason Giaconetti. And Jay writes uh, the subject, Gappa Blu-ray. And Jay writes, hey Luke, just wanted to pass along some information that might be of interest to your listeners. The Gappa Blu-ray and DVD released by Tokyo Shock, which was only released February 25th, 2020, is out of print already. It seems crazy, but both have started going up in price. I got mine right as it came out, but was from a third-party seller. If you only have the monster from the prehistoric planet, and Jay's referring to uh, one of the, um, the public domain, like Alpha Video, one of those outfits, and we're looking to upgrade, you might want to keep an eye on prices. If you choose to upgrade from Monster from the Prehistoric Planet, you will get the whole film and a far superior print. Hope the listeners found this useful. Until next time, keep them stomping. Jason. Uh, Jay, thank you very much for, for writing in, and absolutely. I pre-ordered that gap of Blu-ray because I missed out on the DVD the first time around. So I pre-ordered the Blu-ray as soon as it became available and I've got it upstairs. I had no idea it was going to be out. I mean, I guess the print runs are just that small. And the only thing I can think is that the print runs are that small on these and the demand is that high on these that uh, obviously they, they must've sold through that print run pretty quick. So yeah, that's another one. You know, there's all these, these uh, Daikaiju DVDs and Blu-rays out there that, they're relatively hard to find, and the prices do go up, but if you can find them at a good price, go ahead and snatch them up. And Gappa, Gappa's an interesting Like you said, that public domain one's been around forever. It's really easy to find the public domain one for cheap or free. Well, whereas the actual, you know, uh, getting the full original Japanese film is a really big plus, so I was glad to pick that up. Uh, Jay, as I said, he's the host of Bots, Bugs, and Babes here on the Two True Freaks Network. Go check him out there where he talks about uh, B-movies of all various and sundry types. And Jay, thank you very much for writing in. And finally, our last email comes from Richard Jordan. And Richard writes the subject, first-time listener, great podcast. Well, I like them already. Thank you, Richard. <laughs> Richard writes, I had never heard of Jamila before, and now I want to watch that episode. I think I found it on YouTube. That isn't the best format, but I take what I can get. Question. In your podcast, you also cover the newer stuff. Did you review The King of the Monsters and the other Monster Mer Monsterverse movies? There's no real need. Stomp on. Uh, thanks. Uh, first off, Richard, thank you very much for writing in. Um, 
Yeah, uh, if you can find that Jamala episode of Ultraman, uh, seek it out. You know, um, the Mill Creek uh, Blu-rays, uh, um, those sets are just great, and I think you can pick them up pretty cheap. You can also go just on Movie Spree and and get them. Uh, I don't think you can buy individual episodes, but I know you can buy the whole series pretty cheap on digital. That may be the way to go if you're interested in, in learning about some more about Ultraman. As far as the modern stuff, what I've tended to do is... Because I did this for Godzilla 2014 and Skull Island and King of the Monsters and Shin Godzilla was when I saw the movie, I did a like immediate reaction episode. So I did, uh, you know, some thoughts. I did this for uh, Mighty Morphin Power or Power Rangers, the movie, the, the new Power Rangers movie as well. I did uh, thoughts while driving to the theater or before going into the theater and then gave my initial thoughts afterwards. I have not done full episodes on any of those, uh, any of those films. Um, Pacific Rim was kind of the same way. I did a, a short episode with, uh, with Mr. Lomax on that one and uh, Pacific Rim Uprising as well. did the same thing, just a reaction episode. I would like to do full episodes on those. As I said earlier, I did originally have the plan, uh, this year in the run up to Godzilla vs. Kong of doing full episodes for the MonsterVerse movies and MonsterVerse, um, media, the tie-in media. And it looks like those are going to be pushed to next year just based, as I said, on the release schedule for uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. But I do intend to cover some of those. I'm not sure if your comment that there's no need means you weren't a fan or that there's so many people already talking about them. Uh, but, uh, you know, hey, I'm a fan. I like, I'm, I'm, I've been, I was accused once of being too positive about, about giant monsters. I'm not sure how that's possible, Either, you know, but that, that's just me. Everybody has their own take and their own opinion. So I, that's, that doesn't bother me at all. So, you know, uh, like I said, I, I do intend on covering those as full episodes in the one, in the lead up to Godzilla vs. Kong. And, uh, you know, at that time, maybe you can write in, let me know what you disagree with me about, what you agree with me about. I mean, I think that's a, that's a reasonable exchange of ideas. That's the way that podcasting's supposed to work as far as I uh, understand, right? I, I say things on my show, people get riled up enough to either write it and say, I agree, or get right it, riled up enough to write it and say, you fool, you fool, why would you think something so foolish? So, But thank you very much, Richard, for writing in. Uh, glad you appreciated the show. Hope you go back and check out the back catalog of episodes on 2TrueFreaks.com. Uh, we've got a, a wide range of stuff that we've covered in the realm of giant monsters. So thank you very much for email and thank you for your patronage. So that clears out the e- e- email inbox uh, for Destruction Directive. I want to thank everybody for writing in. Really appreciate it. We got some great feedback there, some great emailers. Every one of you is appreciated. I've said it many, many times. Podcasting is a labor of love. And any bit of feedback that we can get from our listeners is always appreciated. Thank you all very much. So uh, what are we covering next time? Well, you know, this one was always on the docket, and we're going to keep to the docket for this one. So the next film we're going to be covering, we're going to be jumping back into the Showa era and the Godzilla series. And we are now firmly in the 1970s because the next film in line in the Showa era is Godzilla vs. Hedra. That's right. Godzilla vs. the Smog Monster. If you grew up in the, in the West in the 80s and 90s like I did, that's what it was always called. Now we uh, are told to call it Godzilla vs. Hedra. It's the same dude. We all know who the Smog Monster is. Very much looking forward to this one. Another film that, you know, had a really, really bad reputation for a long time when I was growing up. Seems to have gotten something of a reevaluation in modern times. Very much looking forward to uh, to watching this and doing an episode on it. So if you have any thoughts, pre-thoughts about uh, 
Godzilla vs. Hedra, go ahead and send them in. We'll talk about them on the show. And, of course, you can always send me feedback after. Uh, remember, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can always email me at earthdestructiondirective at yahoo.com. You can find me at Twitter at ljacone, L-J-A-C-O-N-E. And you can find me on Facebook, first name Luke, last name E-D-D. That's right, Earth Destruction Directive. See what I did there? So if you guys want to get in touch, I'd really love to hear from you. Thank you, everyone, for downloading and listening. Uh, thank you for putting up with uh, me not doing feedback for several months and having to do it all in this episode. I appreciate your patience on that as well. I'd also like to take this opportunity to say that Earth Destruction Directive, and by extension, Daikaiju and Tokusatsu, they are for everyone. So if you are interested in those things, you are welcome here to discuss, to learn, to listen, to do whatever you want uh, about giant monsters. They are for everybody. No one is on the outside here. And uh, all are welcome. So please keep that in mind. That is one of the driving philosophies of this show, and I do my best to stick to it at all times. I would like to thank everyone again for downloading and listening. Please stay safe and healthy out there. We are still in the throes of COVID-19 as I'm recording this. And, uh, you know, it's been, it's been a strange year, 2020. Uh, so let's try and make it a little bit better for those of people in our lives, in our communities, in our areas, and, um, you know, try and uh, help everybody out. Remember, we're all in this together. So uh, once again, thank you for downloading listening. Come back next time for Godzilla vs. Hedra. And until then, keep them stomping. This has been Earth Destruction Directive, a Dai Kaiju podcast. Produced and created by me, Luke Giaconetti, as part of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, available at twotruefreaks.com. This is a fan work celebrating the history and culture of Japanese giant monsters. All movies, TV shows, comic books, characters, and other intellectual property is copyright their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended or implied. If you'd like to send an email to the show, you can email me at earthdestructiondirective at yahoo.com. I respond to all emails, and if you send in some comments, I'll read them on the show. All episodes of Earth Destruction Directive can be found at twotruefreaks.com. You can also find the show on iTunes. Just search for Earth Destruction Directive. You can even leave an iTunes review if you want. You can get in touch with the show on Facebook. Just search for Earth Destruction as the first name and Directive as the last name. You can also get in touch with me on Twitter with the handle LJacone. That's L-J-A-C-O-N-E. And if you want to buy something discussed on the show, head on over to TwoTrueFreaks.com and click on the Amazon.com link on the front page. Any items you buy during your session on Amazon.com will help keep the lights on and it won't cost you anything extra. Thanks for listening, and be sure to come back next time for more city-stomping fun on Earth Destruction Directive. Tune in next time to hear the crusty old podcaster from Oklahoma say, There's a WTF <laughs> moment if I ever saw one. Well, it's big and terrible. More frightening than I ever thought possible.